And let me tell you, folks, it's a totally normal feeling. Yeah. It's a normal feeling. But at the same time, uh, don't listen to that voice who tells you to hide. Mm. Hmm. Hey guys, welcome to the Overcome Cafe, tales of mind, body, and relationships. The one and only podcast that serves as a guidepost for driven people trying to reach their goals while keeping a healthy lifestyle. Are you an athlete or a professional who's considered driven but feels that this sometimes comes at a cost? Do you want to reach your goals but want to maintain a healthy lifestyle? Having a purpose and being goal-driven is like a marathon. In sharing our knowledge, we want to encourage folks by helping them build momentum via our collective wisdom. This is the Overcome Cafe, tales of mind, body, and relationships. Hey folks, LP here. I'm so excited for today's episode. Uh, I'll be joined by Vicky and we'll be co-hosting a segment of The Emma Therapist today. Um... Thank you so much, guys, for engaging with us and sending your questions in. And I, this one has been coming up a lot, so I decided I would do my best to answer this one, which is how to ask for help. So I totally understand this question. I think it's a great question. Uh, most of us driven people tend to want to attain our goals, but view asking for help as a unnecessary almost pit stop um, that might end up delaying a goal. But I... Uh, if you have a habit of not attaining your goals or setting too many goals, maybe there's something there. Maybe we need to ask for help and then invite people because they have a different perspective and they can give us their wisdom in order for us to thrive. So today's episode, we'll be doing our best to answer how to ask for help. Hey, welcome everyone. To welcome everyone. <laughs> we are so excited to bring you a, this is our second um, DMA therapist segment. Woohoo! Yay. <laughs> and um, so with me, uh, I have our one and only LP. And I have our one and only Vicky, <laughs> who is our gracious co-host today. Thank Aww. you for doing this, Vicky. Oh, yes. Well, you know, I've been um, so excited to hear um, the response of of our listeners. Mm -hmm. um, they've had some great questions and um, one today that uh, I wanted to tackle with you um, was a question that, you know, we we do get a lot, but we don't really talk about that. Um, and it's it's around how do we find uh, who's we? Who is we? Yes. Um, just people in our environment that will... Our industry, you mean. Our industry. Okay, so you're talking yes. about therapists. About therapists in general. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um, just around for them being mental health professionals, um, you know, we all have our vulnerabilities and it can mm. take a lot of courage mm -hmm. for mental health professionals to ask themselves for, for help. Totally. It's a great exercise for us to be able to evaluate our practice right. and evaluate how we provide an encouraging experience for our clients. So yeah. I, on our end, I think uh, I'm 
very excited and it, and I thank everyone for just having the courage to ask the questions or not even having the courage. It's just being curious and wanting to have uh, a piece of our mind on this. Like mm-hmm. what's going on in therapists with <laughs> S is minds. And I think it can be a very like interesting yeah. conversation today because of that. Yeah. And one of the, the questions that came out of our DMA therapist um, uh, segment, that question would, that we sent out um, of what could we tackle? One of them came back was, how do we find the courage to talk to a, a therapist or a coach when things are not you know, going as well as we would want them to be? And um, we don't feel like we're finding maybe a, a balance in our relationship or we're seeing mm. things that are, um, that are beyond us or, or, you know, overwhelming, whichever the case is, how yeah. do we find that, that courage? So, yeah, so pressure's on me to answer this one. So I'll try my best to give the best answer possible. Uh, and I like Vicky's face. She, she squirmed because she's like, oh, I want to oh, help you, but <laughs> am I asking it too, uh, too big of a question? So no, Vicky, it's not too big of a question. Thank you for asking it. Um, it's funny because I think part of my experience uh, with, with therapy has been to be aware of the impact of our actions as therapists on clients. Mm. Um, I'm not perfect on this and I'm always constantly working on this. So I remember like the first thing that popped into my mind when I heard the question was uh, remembering while we were studying in the field, Mm. our teachers were not allowed to obligate us to go to therapy as students in therapy but they were allowed to strongly encourage us to (laughs) to understand what it takes to be in the seat in front of the therapist Mm -hmm. like the main question how does it feel to be a client and do all the steps to get to a a therapist Mm -hmm. and for me um, i'm a driven person like we've talked about it, uh, this podcast is not about me. It's about you guys. And I'm going in my experience to help you guys. What worked for me might end up working for you. What mm. feeds me might feed you as well on the other end of mm. the listening of this podcast. Yeah. Um, so when I decided to go seek uh, therapy, it was purely as a curiosity. Mm. But I ended up doing all the steps and sitting in front of a therapist And it became more real each step that I was doing. Mm. I felt like, oh, okay, this is going to happen. Right. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going to talk about myself. I have nothing to say to this therapist. So I was building like this therapist already in my mind. I I haven't even spoken to her yet. Right. So I remember... It was a bit surreal. It was a bit surreal, but also I think my vulnerabilities were kicking in. Oh, right. Like... I'm I'm the type of person that I have a goal and I achieve that goal and that's it. Yeah. I don't second guess. I actually am very mindful of how I approach things. So I don't need to have vulnerability. At least that's what my mm-hmm. thinking was at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was already preparing my session before <laughs> even yeah. taking the appointment. Right. Uh, and that moment of stirring... I think is where people sort of lose the motivation to come to therapy. Mm. 
Yeah. It can either like make it real and become vulnerable, or it can sort of give us excuses to to push back mm, yeah. and to procrastinate a little bit on seeking help. So that was one of the things for me. I sort of realized that that moment of asking for help, I need to push through. Hmm. So when I ended up sitting in front of the therapist, it was uh, many little steps. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in the waiting room in that moment thinking, uh, what am I going to talk about? Mm, I am gonna nothing. start my life is sort of okay yeah uh, I had a great family and I sort of did my history in my mind before sitting in front of the therapist right and let me tell you folks it's a totally normal feeling yeah. it's a normal feeling but at the same time uh, don't listen to that voice who tells you to hide mm. hmm because that's it we're we're hiding in our mind it sounds like mm. and we have um, assumptions that our therapist or the the person that's going to help us is in a certain way so i ended up sitting nice lady very calm mm. very patient and like I, it was surreal for me that to use your term again it was surreal for me to pay to have someone listen to me right but the way she was listening is not the same way as me walking, me sitting with friends. Right. Although I have great friends and those reciprocal relationships do a great job of helping me move forward. But at the same time, I remembered that, oh, this is not the same conversation I'm having with my friends. Hmm. Finally, that lady was so calm, so nice so gentle that wow i realized she's there to listen to me and actually listen so there's something very um liberating if i can say it this way about about having someone in front of you that's mm. there for you right so so to really stay curious and not necessarily um however you're depicting what counseling maybe or a therapist maybe or a coach maybe um to not stay in in that hiding place with that with that image that is in that assumption up. as well that assumption of I'm, i got this i don't need help right that we all need help we're not built to be alone yeah uh, if we're so good at stuff why don't we ask for help mm, that's it eh? it's it's it seems really, weak. Seems right. And it, it was a real thing for me at that point as yeah. well. I felt like I was weak. Something was wrong with me. Nothing was wrong with me. I just needed to have feel, feedback to reduce my blind spot. Yeah. I had a blind spot about myself. I, I had things other people knew about me, but I didn't know. Hmm. Like it's the equivalent of speaking in public, but not recording your speaking thing. <laughs> yeah. You've got all those assumptions and people tell you the feedback after the speaking engagement. Right. They're all, you did well. No, no, no. That was very interesting. I like that aspect of your presentation. Yeah. But then you have to trust people at that point. Mm. Or, I'm, that's why I'm using the not recording comparison because when you record, you cannot you see yourself. So you, again, you're, it's a performance thing. The other is to reduce a blind spot. 
Hmm. And we need others to reduce our blind spots. Yeah. We need to have humility and yeah, vulnerability and courage in order to to, ask to thrive for, and yeah to thrive and grow. I think yeah. my my personal why is always the same thing. It's how can I help people so that they grow. So mm-hmm. that's my own experience was a very much humbling experience. And I ended up talking about subjects I never anticipated because that person actually helped reduce my blind spot. Hmm. And also I got to make decisions Hmm. and my therapist helped me. She didn't make the decisions for me. She even, she suggested something I disagreed with. Mm -hmm. So I ended up making another decision, but the conversation with her was not a waste. Right. Yeah, it I think that's waste. one of the fears, eh? That uh, because it, you know it is a, an investment, it is a, a commitment. Totally. Um, and uh, and and that and, actually leads me to my next question: Like, what are the best results that you have seen? Um, you know, just uh, being alongside with the ones who are are seeking the, the best results for myself, or best results for therapists as a therapist. As a therapist. Okay. So for me, just so I end up that story, I I never regretted Hmm. sitting in the client's seat. Hmm. That as a therapist, that has probably have been, it's been the greatest impact, Hmm. the greatest source of perspective taking and understanding of my clients. Hmm. So sometimes doing something that you preach others to do is actually very liberating and very encouraging and very it helped me be a better therapist because of that because yeah. I, I understand the subtleties of somebody who's not sure yet right or maybe it's their first time maybe or... it's their first time maybe they're doing it to please somebody else yeah. maybe uh and a lot of the time it is mm-hmm. and then as a therapist i, I see that and mm-hmm. i'm like you know what you're here to please somebody else aren't you I asked that question and then we get to start to build from that and build our relationship as therapist and client. Wow. Amazing. You're here for somebody else. So why is that person suggesting you to you to come to therapy? Hey, Driven People LP here. Are you one of those clients who's having trouble translating your drive from your professional to your personal or even interpersonal professional life? We are there for you. We, if you want to have one-on-one coaching with me, we have opened a few availabilities within the next few weeks and you get to access one-on-one um, personalized coaching uh, between session each week where I get to give you pointers on how to better achieve those goals. Um, if you are interested to this, Look us up on the overcomecafe.com slash services. Again, overcomecafe.com slash services, and you'll be guided through the process to have a personal one-on-one coaching with me. Thank you so much. And back to our show. Hmm. Why is that person suggesting um, that you come and see a coach? Because, yeah, we also do coaching. So it's a bit different. When I do the psychotherapy, it's the processing and the deeper rooted things. But when I do the coaching part, it's like we're going in that direction. We're using your emotions to go in this direction. For example, we're going to help your team by growing you as a a leader. 
You're, you're going to perform better yeah. in your sport because we're going to invest in the human being first. Hmm. I always say to my clients, like, you're a human being that does this. For instance, I have cyclists. So you're a human being that does cycling. Yeah. Let's work on the human being part because the cycling is the arena where you express that human beingness, hmm. <laughs> if I can say. So true. Yeah. So when clients come up to me, it's all, not always, it's not like there's an algorithm for this, yeah. for human beings. It's not zeros and ones. Right. But thank at the goodness. same time, <laughs> thank goodness. But it, it, we can relate to one another. Yeah. So the typical obstacles for my clients, and I, I, I'm sorry, I forgot the second question a little bit. So I'm, No, no, I, I just love that you're bringing up like how we were, you know, I think designed not to stay alone and, and um, you know, to to be uh, together and, and to reach out. That is mm. one way to just continue and, and build even closer relationships and and grow, like you're saying. So, yeah. Yes. The, the question was just, um, what have you noticed are for listeners out there who are thinking like, what will I, um, I'm a little bit like that where I need to, uh, sort of trust that there will be some kind of results, uh, in mm. the end or that, um, I'm investing in something that I'll, I'll see, uh, or, or that my, that's my loved excellent. ones will see That's an excellent some kind of question. transformation. Sorry, I spoke over you. Yeah. Uh, no, just you can finish. Sorry. That's it. So what have you like uh, speak into a little bit about what you've noticed um, are some of the, you know, the, the great transformation or, mm. or um, something that you've, you've witnessed uh, in terms of growth or. Like my greatest joy as a therapist or a coach or whatever, greatest joy out of someone who's helping others is like, they don't need my help to be better at work. Mm. Like most of my clients are already good at work. They don't need my help there. They need my help to better manage relationships at work, hmm. better manage their emotions at work. And oftentimes, like my greatest reward is to see somebody who's already um, making an impact, whichever arena they are, like uh, musicians as well. And anyway, I'm hearing our little one. <laughs> yeah. I love our little one. So we're, uh, confession right now, we have our little one at home and re we're recording this. <laughs> so yeah, I love that part. So you might hear a little cutie voice popping yeah. into our atmosphere. So my greatest joy as a therapist is often to be able to see somebody who's already thriving at work. Like I've had, I, I'll use an example. I've, I've had an executive who's working really hard mm. and he doesn't need my help to better manage his enterprise. Mm. He needs my help to better speak to his partner at the end of the day. Mm. And to augment the quality of our life. Because we can get lost as driven people. We get lost and, and we get hyper-focused on one thing. Hmm. If that one thing is work, then we sort of neglect other things. Because right. it comes with a cost. Yeah. So the way that my clients, like usually it's a small shift. I teach them about emotions. Mm -hmm. I teach them how to apply emotions at work, for example, how to not get angry because being angry as a leader is a huge waste of time. Hmm. Anger that is not directed at the proper source ends up finding another target. Hmm. So when I see frustration and anger and being like too strong-willed on something, yeah. 
I know it's a waste of time for them. So the result is oftentimes I teach them to better manage that emotion so they get to emotionally engage with people. Hmm. That drive becomes an ally. Right. It was already an ally, but it's getting it's getting invested in only one place. Okay. And that one place doesn't augment the quality of life. Yeah. Like close relationships augment the quality of life. Hmm. Like hmm. if you have close relationships while being in the in the cycling club, perfect. But if the cycling club is only an avenue for you to perform, then you're not gonna like that experience. Hmm. Then it becomes competition. We're not playing and having fun and having a great experience anymore. We're actually there to perform again. Mm-hmm. And we get drained because we perform at work. We go to our cycling club. We end up performing again in the cycling club. So everything we do is performance-based. Right. And then we have a blind spot, which I've talked about earlier. The blind spot is I'm operating, but I'm not seeing what I'm doing. Hmm. Other people are seeing it. And that the, the therapist or the coach can be that person who sees it, but is actually helping you by telling you the truth. Yeah. Telling you what he's seeing. Hmm. I'm noticing this. Yeah. Did you notice that? Like, for instance, I'm noticing you're pretty tired and you're talking that you've been doing like 12 hour days for the past, <laughs> past two years for a lot of people, by the way, with right. the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... And did you notice that you've been running empty and on fumes hmm. and that you're a human being like everyone else? You might be driven. You might love what you're doing, but you're spreading yourself thin Yeah. because your family life, you're frustrated because we're, you're, you're with the family all the time. Hmm. You work from home now, so you don't get a break. You don't get to breathe. Hmm. You're, yeah. or you're always at work. You're never, you're never at home. Yeah. So for my clients, the, the results they can see is, um, they're more engaged in relationships. Hmm. The quality of their, their partnership with their, their husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, friends, even yeah. the quality of those relationships it augments yeah and then it's like oh wow i i feel like i've just discovered another gear hmm interesting i love that because yeah. they've worked on attachment yeah they've worked on investing and engaging in the relationship hmm. and relationships it's not mercantile hmm. it's dynamic right you invest in others others invest in you yeah so that's what i see like my clients who come for a work thing, we end up digging just a little bit. Hmm. And it doesn't need to be like deep rooted psychoanalytical. And that was, I'll, yes, because that was my idea of, of what counseling was that I'll have somebody behind, you know, their glasses, mm-hmm. sort of just looking for my problems, but not really being there um sort of invading your privacy yeah yeah and just to pinpoint things that i already know are not working out and sort of like just um even dig more into that you know whatever like shame or 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 thing that so they might hide so So, sorry that i cut you off but they might dig a little bit yeah but you have to trust a little bit that that person's digging right now not to hurt you. Right. They're trying yeah. to have more information as to why you behave this way in the present moment. Mm. 
So for someone asking for help, I know that's the things you might think that probably is going to hurt, probably is going to be a waste of time. Mm. And it's not a waste of time. Mm. If you linger a little bit there, you might understand why you're not having a satisfied um, home life. Yeah. Why you're not happy in your home life, why you're not content mm. with your home life. Because you put all your eggs in a work basket. Yeah. And then when work doesn't go well, our identity crashes with it. Right. All so, and it's been very unpredictable the last two years. Oh work is not, is yeah. no longer a source of identity. Yes. Yeah. Work is, uh, it can be very fulfilling. Don't get me wrong. Because mm. we are built to work in, in, in essence. Hmm. but it's not so our identity. Yeah. Our identity is way different than that. And our family life, our home life, our friends, the activities we engage in outside of work actually speak volumes hmm. as to who you are. Mm, amazing. Oh, thank you so much for, for all that wisdom and uh, inspiring <laughs> Um, dialogue. Thank you so much. This, uh, yeah, mm. this is amazing. So one of the typical obstacles that I see as a therapist, if I can end on yeah. this, um, those who were listening earlier, I just wanted to take a moment. Like when you come to see a therapist, like the most common thing is people build this, this imaginary LP before they come into this session. Mm. And oftentimes I, I hear that this help, this LP is way more critical. Mm. Way, it, it almost sounds like I'm a, I'm a monster is going to crush them mm. emotionally. Right. And all, what I, what I, what we end up doing is I ask people to reality check this hmm. in relationship to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, she's cheering. Yeah, she is. She's, she's cheering you on. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Raphael. Um, yes, I love that cheering on. Uh, see, and being in the present moment with your family and with your loved ones makes a huge difference on your engagement at home. Hmm. Um, and if we're engaged at home, we're actually investing in reciprocal relationships hmm. which means that it's not only a pouring out i'm a savior i'm a people pleaser it's i am lp yeah or i'm vicky or i'm john smith listening to this and i get to give to another person and receive as well right and the obstacle to that it's the same for different people it's pride yeah <laughs> i am a prideful person if i don't keep it in check Mm. I forget to use humility mm. and vulnerability, which permits us to engage emotionally with people. Mm. And when we engage emotionally, it's not going to be uh, flowers and rainbows. It's actually people see us and they see who we are and they accept us for who we are. Yes. Wow. And that's the goal for my clients is that they are able to do a few tips and a few tricks maybe mm -hmm. but to little actually shifts. a little shift oh i yeah. like that that's a yeah. great image vicky how refreshing it must be to and to be in the receiving position you know when you feel um like you're you're just dried out and and you know you're you're mm -hmm. you're that's it you feel like there's 
no way things can change. Uh, you've just been working. Um, so it, it always feels like I have to work harder, harder mm-hmm. to, to get to that uh, peaceful place, but it doesn't have to be like that. Yes. Yeah. And the place of, like Brené Brown says, a place of worthiness mm-hmm. and belonging. Yeah. While you are who you are, I see you and I love you the way that you are. Hmm. So literally, I'm telling my wife right now that my partner, that I love her the way that she is. Oh. Imagine how that that feels. Oh, it feels like a cozy blanket. <laughs> At the end of the day. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> so I wish this for all yeah. you out there, that you get to engage and like ask for help. It can be a physical coach. It can be because there's a bunch of people who train right now. Mm. And coaches are not psychotherapists. That's for sure. Mm. But they might help you get to that psychotherapist. Mm. Like if you ask for help, it might be in your training, ask for help. It might be in emotional health. Uh, There's social workers. There's people out there wanting to help you. Mm. And and like you said, I think one thing... um, because we don't openly say, hey, I'm I'm seeing a coach right now. Hey, how's your day going? Oh, well, I'm seeing my therapist in five mm. minutes. You know, we don't um, necessarily talk mm. about this. But I think one thing um, is that I th- coaches and mental health professionals do themselves also are, are very much encouraged, like you say, to consult themselves. And they've, most of them, I think, are, are large portion of them have gone through that process a lot themselves. of a lot of therapists yeah. have therapists yeah like there's a reason for that it's because we're our tool so if i don't take care of my emotions and my relationships in my mind i will not be able to do this for somebody else that's right. the thing i cannot help others if i don't seek help yeah and that's the message for you out there like thank you so much for trusting yeah. us thank you for spending that time and Talk in, talking to us and sending questions. Mm. Like, how do you feel that people are sending us questions? They feel a bit, a bit surreal. Sir, and I love it. I feel like we're, um, you know, it, it we're feels making like an a, impact. It yeah, sounds like, yeah. Like, if it's only two or three people, I am glad. <laughs> I hope that this grows, mm. and I hope that we get to have many more conversations. And I want to encourage all of you out there to send your questions. Uh, We might not answer them all, but we do our best. And thank you so much for sending this one, how to ask for help from Mm. a therapist. The main thing is you have allies, you have people out there. And I just want to encourage all you vulnerable people and driven people Mm -hmm. and anyone listening, really. It's far worse in your mind than it is in real life. Mm. Like, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And next time, you know, we'll have, uh, we'll send out another DMA therapist segment um, and we'll get a few ideas around that. So. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks Bye, for everyone. listening. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Wow, what an episode with Vicky. She's so calm, isn't she? So I'm I'm really glad that we got to do this in my, one of my social media's posting. I was saying that this hardly felt like work. 
uh, it's not work when I get to do to have a great conversation. That's why the, the cafe nature of this podcast. I think I've had my best and most deepest conversations <laughs> sitting in front of a coffee mug with another person, of course. Um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all you're doing. And again, I just want to reiterate that we try our best to encourage chill.org. If you want to encourage them as well, go ahead. We don't take money from them. We actually want to give to them. And it's part of how we operate this podcast. We want to give to people. It's not about taking. Uh, it's just about making a difference for us. Thank you so much for listening. Hit us up on Instagram. Matt is Cyclosomatic um, on the Instagram. And I'm uh, LP Landry underscore Overcome Cafe. Again, LP Landry underscore Overcome Cafe. Hit us up. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. Can't wait to hear from you guys. And I hope that you guys are doing well. Stay driven and vulnerable people. LP here. Bye-bye.